Let's take our Bibles, let's go to Psalm 51. Did you notice there was only three people who were willing to stand to say they want that mountain? But, uh, that's, that is probably the only benefits of sitting in the back sometimes. When you can't hear them say you can stay seated, you can just see what everybody else is doing. So, but uh, that's okay. And um, the pastor just mentioned, because, because I'm here, we're doing events. That's not, that is not true. Um, I, I just announce we're doing it, and then I recruit people uh, and say, hey, can you do this? Um, and so thankful for our army of workers that help and pitch in and do those things. And uh, um, I've said this before. It's like um, my wife is the one that has the brains. I'll say, hey, what do, I, what do we do with this? And she's like, oh, that sounds easy. And I'm like, well, that's, I'm, I'm just tired about thinking about it, you know. But i um, thankful for all those that helped out. I want to say thank you to all the Sunday school teachers for the month of October for jumping on board with the, uh, the Sunday school campaign and uh, Brother Dave, Miss Diane, for all that you did with the adult class. And uh, I, I'm telling you what, uh, I was, I'm still waiting for that steak dinner that I announced that they were going to treat you to. Um, they weren't here that, you guys weren't here that week, but I said, hey, I think whoever says four verses, they're treating them to a steak dinner or something like that. So um, hopefully you, uh, how many said your verses? Anybody how many will say your verses now? Not, I think it's over. It's too late. It's too late. But uh, um, oh, okay. So if you need his number, I'll give it to you. He says you have till midnight tonight to, to say your verses. And ten um, uh, is that bedtime? I tell you what. The older I get, earlier the bedtime. That's what it is. But uh, let's take your Bibles. You're there in Psalm 51. But I want to just wrap up tonight, if we will, the uh, the topic of the power of forgiveness that we've looked at for the last several Sunday nights. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm more convinced, uh, I was just talking to someone today, uh, each and every <laughs> passing moment, I'm more convinced that the devil is real. Uh, we know that he's out to seek and destroy and to kill. And uh, as Christians, uh, we need to be on mission about living for the, for the Lord and, and, and giving out the gospel of Jesus Christ and the Great Commission. And uh, if, we're, if we're not going to do it, who's going to give them the good news? Right, and uh, you think about just many different types of religions and different type of news that is out there that's false. Uh, many people uh, will believe, and I'm, I'm careful on how I say this. Many people are are willing to believe anything if it can get them out of the troubles uh, that they think that they're in. Uh, but they don't really see the, the the greatest trouble of all is that we are we are sinners and we have offended a holy God. And I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ who washes away our sins. And so um, tonight, we'll just wrap this up with the power of forgiveness, and we'll read Psalm 51 in just a moment, um, but have you ever had a time in your life, uh, maybe many of you could say it's happened multiple times this week, but you've had a time in your life that wish that you could start over at a certain point and redo that maybe again. Maybe it's something of a, a word that you wish you wouldn't have said in anger. Uh, maybe it was a missed opportunity, uh, whether that could just be something that was a financial opportunity uh, or a spiritual opportunity, maybe just giving out the gospel. I should have gave that person a gospel track, and I missed it. Um, maybe it was a, 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 a broken relationship that uh, you really could have salvaged, but you gave up on it. Uh, but maybe there's been a time that you wish you could go back and you could start over. Uh, and we all know there is no rewind button. We only get uh, one chance at this life. And, uh, but thank the Lord and praise the Lord that God does offer a powerful cure uh, to sometimes heal those regrets of those past mistakes. And it's called forgiveness. Uh, God offers forgiveness. Uh, we learned uh, earlier uh, in this series talking about how really we can't give away something that we don't possess. And so one of the first weeks we looked at this, uh, we wanted to just first search our own hearts. Are we truly, uh, have we truly asked for forgiveness? Have we asked God to, to save us from our sins? And uh, you can forgive somebody, but you can't really forgive like Christ forgave uh, until you have Christ living in you. 
And uh, we are to give that same grace and that same forgiveness uh, towards one another to, to, to love, love the brethren. Uh, I think about this, too, is um, you can, um, I'll say it this way. Um, just today, preparing for this, I was uh, talking to someone. I said, you know, my heart is very heavy, and um, I just, I, I'm distracted. Uh, I can get discouraged. I can get um, depressed, if you will, I'm just really focusing on maybe an issue or a problem. Um, and, you know, there was, I was glad that person said, it's just the devil trying to discourage you. And they shared from the word of God, and they encouraged me. And, but I think about just so many things in my own life, um, that word called guilt that comes in. And uh, guilt can really be one of the things that really can cripple us. Uh, it, can, it can bring destruction in our relationships, um, sometimes because we have unrealis- unrealistic expectations of ourselves or other people, we can suffer with, with guilt. Um, unresolved guilt can affect us. It can affect us emotionally. It definitely affects us spiritually. And guilt breaks our relationships because it's natural. It is natural. When you have a misunderstanding with somebody, um, I don't, maybe there's somebody in here. I actually, I don't enjoy confrontation. I'll tell you how I enjoy it. I enjoy when I'm preparing to say something to somebody. Oh, I can do this. And as soon as I start talking, I don't want to do this. I love you. I don't want to confront this. Now, if it's something that needs to be confronted and dealt with, okay, there's a way to do that. But if it's an issue that I can just get over it, and I'm not saying condoning sin, but it's like if I could swallow my pride and I could just get past it, it's like, hey, you know, I'm going to let this go. But when I have a misunderstanding with somebody and it's a real thing, you know what, and, it was, and I know it was my fault. My guilt can actually hinder my relationship with that person because I, I feel awkward around them. And, and uh, recently I was talking to somebody and they had said that, um, they, they were just saying how when they, when they open up their word of, the word of God and they read, they said they're very, they feel very guilty about how they offended the Lord. And I said, well, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's the Holy Spirit of God that brings conviction uh, when you read that, you're, I, I, I believe, as I'm, I hope I'm not misunderstanding, I, say, I believe you're being convicted. That's something that we need to change. Versus, no, I just feel guilty and I just want to shut my Bible and I don't want to read it because I'm, I feel very guilty. I said, well, then I know who that is. That's the devil. Um, that's not the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, my Heavenly Father is waiting with open arms to, to grant that forgiveness and to, to have that relationship with us. And the devil is so happy that when you, come, when you come to church and you open up the Word of God and you hear the preaching, to just go back into our shell and say, oh, I don't want to, I'm so guilty. I'm, I'm so ashamed of what I did. I don't even want to go to church. I don't even want to read my Bible. That's, that's straight from the devil. Um, guilt produces separation. Isaiah uh, 59, verse 2, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. It's not that God's not listening. It's my sin that's hindered that relationship, my guilt that I have in my own life, and it wasn't even mine to carry. I'm supposed to put that on and ask the Lord for forgiveness. Uh, Paul tells us in 1 Timothy's, uh, he's given a, uh, given a charge to Timothy. He says, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on, uh, on thee, that thou uh, by them mightest war a good warfare. Listen to this, holding faith in a good conscience, with some having put away concerning faith had made shipwreck. I want to ask you tonight, are you suffering from a guilty conscience? Uh, maybe there's some scenes from your past that you wish that you can erase, that you wish you can remove, you wish that nobody ever would find out. Uh, maybe there's some unresolved guilt that's caused you to distance yourself from other people. Uh, more importantly, maybe there's some un, uh, unrepented sin that has caused you to have that uh, to keep you away from God. And we're getting to Psalm 51 in just a second. I believe Psalm 51 was written 
after uh, David had that sin with Bathsheba. And in 2 Samuel 11, uh, chapter 11, verse 2, we, uh, King David, he was, he was guilty of jerking his responsibilities as king. And the soldiers went out to battle, and he didn't go. Uh, and, he, and his idleness led to that adultery with Bathsheba there. You know the story. Uh, and then what happened after that? Then he decided, okay, I'm going to send Uriah to the front lines. I'm going to have him killed. Um, and you think, about, you think about that one decision that David had to, to stay where he wasn't supposed to be. He didn't go where he was supposed to go. And that just domino effect, a lot of other things that happened in his life. I think about just even the verse that talks about how the sword would never depart, never departed from the house of David and how much turmoil that he went through. But we come to uh, Psalm 51, and I can't help but when I read this, I know it's David that's writing it, but I can't just help but just as I read this, of me, almost a prayer to my Lord when I sin, to go and read Psalm 51. And I'm not just saying this to to. to, to, to I don't know, toot my own horn, it's, it's not that at all, but I read Psalm 51 multiple, time, multiple times a week uh, because I have to go back to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry, Let me, I want to read this, and it's my sin, uh, it's, not against, it's not against my wife or my family, although it affects them, but my sin is against you. Yeah, I need to say sorry to maybe these people that I've affected, but my sin is against you. Help me to stop worrying about these people. Help me to ultimately, in all things, that you'd have the preeminence. My sin is against you, and it stinks in the nostrils of a holy God. In Psalm 51, we'll read a couple verses here, and then we'll, we'll jump down to a few other ones. <clears throat> but let's pray before we read this. Heavenly Father, God, I pray that you would just, Lord, bring a peace tonight, Lord, in my heart. And, uh, Lord, many things just that can distract. Uh, Lord, many things that could uh, draw us away from you. And, Lord, I, I'm asking you tonight, uh, as we even sang in the song tonight, Lord, help your spirit to just move amongst us tonight. And, Lord, it is, it is my desire to... Preach your word, but Lord, not preach my own words. And Lord, help something to be said from your word tonight, something that we can learn, that we can stand on, a truth that we can leave with that would encourage us, but also maybe a truth that can challenge us to live more like, uh, live more like Christ. And Lord, I'm asking you to hide me behind your cross, Lord, and I pray that you would just work tonight. We ask these things in your precious name. Amen. Look at Psalm 51, verse number one. It says this, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Look at verse 4. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and sinned, and my mother conceived me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me uh, to, to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy great spirit. We can continue to go on and read there, but as I read that, I, again, I know, I believe that this was written, uh, no doubt, after the, the prophet Nathan had, uh, had come to David and, and painted a scenario, and David said, oh, you know, that would, that's horrible, that person would never do that, you know, and then what did David say, or Nathan say to David, thou art the man. 
And uh, David realized his sin was ever before him. And instead of confessing it to Nathan, and Nathan didn't want him to confess it to him, but David goes and he pens these words and he is saying to the Lord, I have sinned against thee and thee only. And so as we get into this, uh, wrap up this last um, message really on this um, area of the power of forgiveness, um, I just want us to remember what we have done to a holy God. And when we sin and when we harbor bitterness and unforgiveness in our heart, uh, it's, it's not only hurting ourselves, but it's, it's hurting our Heavenly Father. And um, so tonight, just very briefly, by way of introduction, we'll have some review. Uh, take your Bibles and go to James chapter 5. We'll read a verse there in just a moment. But as you're going there, I want to just, two part of the message uh, introduction tonight, I guess, is how to receive forgiveness from others would be kind of the main uh, first part of here. Well, number one, I want to say tonight how to receive forgiveness from others. Determine if you actually need to ask for forgiveness. And we're going to read this verse in James 5 in just a second. But we should seek forgiveness only from those who we, we truly have wronged. Um, if you never acted on, uh, on your thoughts or impulses, okay, that's between you and God. And what I mean by that is I've had this happen before. I've had somebody come up and say, you know what, I had a really bad thought about you, and I'm sorry. Well, what did I want to do? What was the thought? I want to know now. And now I'm thinking, okay, what did I do? And, uh, that was, and, and you know what? Uh, that was an instance that that person could have kept that between them and the Lord. Uh, they needed to confess that. Lord, help, help me to that, that thought that I had. Cast that imagination down. Lord, I'm sorry I had that thought. Okay, so sometimes we could probably go to people and say, hey, I'm, so, you know, I, I'm sorry for this. And, and there wasn't even maybe a fault, but it was between you and God, maybe not that person. Uh, more harm can be done to a relationship by confessing um, things like that. And so here in James 5, verse 16, it says this, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. What does it say next? The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth, availeth much. And so in everything that we do in our relationships with other people, we need to go to the Lord first. We need to pray about it. You know, when I, when I feel like somebody has wronged me, I can get pretty upset, even if it wasn't even an offense. But, I, but right here, it, it, we're challenged as well. But we need, to, we need to pray for those. Pray for those people. When you start to pray for someone that you have a problem with, it's amazing how the Lord will change your heart. When you start to pray, you know, this person I have a problem with, pray for, pray for them. Don't say, hey, Lord, change that person. No, Lord, help me, to, help me to change through this situation. Help me to be the type of Christian that I need to be. Uh, can I, and I'm not trying to be funny or anything tonight. There's some people in my life that I've known that it's like, you know what? I don't have to like them, but I need to love them. I hope you understand what I'm, what I'm saying with that. I'll joke with my kids sometimes. Uh, you know, Ryder, uh, I'm tattling on him tonight. I, was, I told myself not to talk about my kids tonight. Here we go. I'll pick on Ryder tonight. Uh, Ryder's like me. He get, his temper can go off just like that, and I've had to work at that. And um, he'll say sometimes uh, to me, say, Dad, I'm never going to play with you anymore. And uh, as a wonderful dad, I say, thanks. Now I could take a vacation or something like that. And, hey, don't say that. That's mean. But you know what, there's many times that I'll just immediately say something and I don't even think about what I'm saying. And uh, Ryder, actually, really, he's got the most sensitive heart. To, probably about 30 seconds later, he'll come up and he'll say, Dad, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, most of the time, because he takes after me. The other times, he takes after his mom. But uh, no. Um, but let's next, uh, not only uh, determine if you need to ask for forgiveness or not. Number two, sincerely ask for other, that other person's forgiveness. Now, you can ask for forgiveness. Now, granting, them granting it is another, another issue. But uh, many people will confuse that, though. They'll confuse seeking forgiveness with making an apology. Okay? An apology, right, is one-sided. I'm sorry. That's, uh, that's our job when we have wronged somebody, to, to say sorry. 
Uh, it admits I was wrong. Uh, it admits that there was something I've done to offend you. I've, I've, I've done something. I acknowledge that. But it doesn't ask for anything. Uh, forgiveness involves much more than that. It actually asks the person you have wronged to do something uh, to release you from the debt uh, that, that, that you owe them, right? So we talked about that in Matthew 18, about that servant, uh, verses 26 and 27. The servant therefore fell down and worshiped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of the servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. And he forgave all of that. And uh, then that guy goes out and he finds somebody else that owed him just a little bit and uh, held a grudge against them. And the, 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 the story there, the illustration there is just that's, that's, we've been forgiven a great debt. And so it's impossible to ask for forgiveness, but it's also, uh, but it's impossible to ask for forgiveness, but blame other people at the same time. If you're truly asking for forgiveness, um, you know, it's hard, to, it's hard to blame them. What I mean by that is, okay, you need to concentrate on your offense. When you go to someone to ask for forgiveness, you can't expect that in return. Now, what I'm, what I'm thankful for is this. When I asked forgiveness, my Heavenly Father, it was, I couldn't do anything to earn that forgiveness. I could try all my, but it was what Jesus Christ did for me that granted me that forgiveness. The debt had been paid. And so sometimes in our relationships that we have with one another, there's a debt that needs to be paid. That relationship's still going to be strained. There's still going to be a little bit of a hurt there. Uh, but we're getting to the, the main meat of the message at the end, um, talking about how it's my choice to forgive people. Not every attempt at reconciliation has a happy ending. I can think of some people in my own life that tried to reconcile a, a relationship, and it just it didn't, it didn't go maybe the way I thought it would go. Um, there's reasons that some people may be reluctant to, to ask for forgiveness. And I've talked to people before, and I've had some people even in my own life that they say, I've asked this person for forgiveness, but they've never forgiven me. And that's hard. That's hard to live with that. I've said sorry to this person. I'll probably never have a relationship with this person ever again. Um, but it's maybe there's, there's many things that can come through that. Maybe there's a reason for that. Um, you know, if somebody really offended you, and I'll say it in this context, you know, if somebody really deeply hurt me in a way that maybe I don't trust them anymore, or there was a relationship uh, commitment issue there that really was just, uh, we, can, we can relate that to a husband and wife. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's an unfair, uh, an affair that takes on that relationship. Okay, you can, someone can say sorry and you can forgive them, but maybe that reconciliation is, is, not, uh, is not doable. But uh, we are uh, called to the ministry of reconciliation. We should try, and that is the first step, to, to ask God for forgiveness and to try to take those steps, but it's not always, not always possible. Uh, next, number three, if the other person refuses to forgive you, don't be discouraged because you cannot demand forgiveness. Um, but whether or not that party forgives you, you will have that freedom of that clear conscience that you have asked for forgiveness in that relationship with, with your Lord. And you know what's amazing? As many times that I fall, many times that I will disappoint my Heavenly Father, and I need to go back and say, I'm sorry I messed up again. His forgiveness is everlasting. It's eternal. And he continues to forgive uh, in spite of who I am. And it's like, <laughs> I've shared this testimony with you before, but I remember, uh, I remember a relationship that I had in high school that someone said sorry to me. And the first thing that popped in my head, I've told you this before, was why should I forgive you if you keep doing this? And the Lord quickly convicted me and says, Cal, I forgive you every day when you say sorry. And it's, I know you're, you're going to do it again. Uh, and he's, he saved me in spite of, he saved me from my past sins, present sins, and future sins. He knew I was still going to offend him. So here's, here's the meat of the message, and we're going to be done. And I want to be done quickly. And that clock is wrong. Let me look here. I want to be done quickly just because I can sense, I'm telling you what, I'm tired. And so I'm going to get you out of here at a decent time. Probably 9 p.m. sounds good. All right, but... Um, 
how to give forgiveness to others. If I can illustrate it this way, sometimes I can relate to maybe a funny story, but years ago there was a man who was rushed to the hospital. He got, he got uh, uh, rabies from a bite from a dog, and at that time there was not a cure that had been discovered, and they knew he was going to die. He asked the doctor for a pen and paper, and the doctor said, I'm glad to see that you're working on your will. And the man replied, this isn't a will. This is a list of all the people I'm going to bite before I die. And... Um, Oh, man, that's a funny story. But you know what? When I get bit, sometimes I want to bite back. And uh, maybe when I get bitter, I want to be bitter towards that person. Uh, Most of us carry such a list around, not maybe written on paper, but it's written in our hearts. Uh, The Bible calls us, we talked about this several weeks ago, that that desire is called vengeance. And vengeance is not supposed, is anything that is supposed to be harbored by a Christian. It eventually becomes becomes bitterness. And... um, Hebrews 12, 15 says this, looking diligently, lest any man f- fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up uh, in you. Okay, talking about uh, that bitterness that comes in because we harbor unforgiveness in our heart. And so holding on to vengeance is really the source of bitterness. And I believe that many times we can draw it back to pride. I've been hurt. I've been wronged. Then I have to stop and think, wait a second. What about Jesus Christ? He was wrongfully accused. They accused him of nothing that he did, but everything that I did. And he paid that for me. And now here I'm wronged, if I will, not even onto the same scale. I was the one who had been wronged and have done wrong. And now I'm harboring this thing called bitterness. And so as we close, that means nothing, by the way, but as we close, here's a three-point checklist that I want you to see from the story of, of, of Joseph. Go to Genesis chapter 45, and we'll be done here in just a moment. Genesis 45. As you're turning there, we'll look at a few verses here, but we talked about uh, ways that we can grant forgiveness to other people a couple weeks ago, right? And we acknowledge that a wrong has occurred. I've done something wrong. Recognize there is an obligation for that repayment. There's got to be an apology, and that person who accepts the apology and grants forgiveness, they still have to live with that hurt. Uh, And then we choose to release our offender from the obligation and cover the loss ourselves, and that's when we have been wronged. But how can we know that we've truly forgiven our offender from our hurt? And here we can see in Genesis 45, uh, verse number one, then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. He cried, Cause every, uh, er, and cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. So we know the story here, right? We know that Joseph's brothers, they had sold him into slavery. Joseph, we get to read it in just a matter of minutes when you read through the book of Genesis. Uh, but years go by, and you think of all the things that Joseph went to. And I think of uh, someone who has been through a lot. Uh, Joseph always comes to mind. Job comes to mind. Uh, but you see here that Joseph really has the tables have turned, and there's, he has a chance really to, uh, to really embarrass them, if you will, and he could do whatever he wanted. He had the power, if you will. And I see here that Joseph, he, 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 he loves his brothers, and he, he wants everybody to get out, and he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to embarrass them. Everybody to go out, and he made himself known unto his brethren. And so number one, here's a three-point checklist from the story of Joseph. Number one, true forgiveness resists unnecessary embarrassment. True forgiveness resists unnecessary embarrassment. So in dealing with his brothers and his offenses toward him, Joseph sought to protect them 
from that humiliation. He knew uh, they would be living in Egypt for a long time, so he dealt with their sin privately instead of allowing it to spread through the Egyptian grapevine, if you will. Uh, There's rare cases where offenses must be reported to others. The Bible is very clear on those things. We won't go through all those things tonight, but when you have a a problem with an individual, you're supposed to go to that problem. Uh, I'm amazed how many times that so many times that we'll have a problem with this individual, but we talk to about 14 other people before we ever go to this one individual. And uh, the Bible is clear to take it before the Lord, go to that person. If it's still not uh, being resolved, then to take a couple witnesses with you and to try to uh, uh, seek restoration in that, in that issue. But here we see that Joseph is, is, is privately dealing with his brothers. He doesn't want to embarrass them. Uh, next, I also see that, number two, true forgiveness relieves people of an unhealthy sorrow. The Bible teaches us that there's two types of sorrows that really come with this sin. There's a godly kind of sorrow that leads to change, okay? And then the other is an unhealthy sorrow that leads to Second uh, Corinthians 7 is the, is the reference here. Second Corinthians 7.10, for godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. Uh, many di- different types of sorrow there, but there's, there's two here that are mentioned. True forgiveness relieves people of an unhealthy sorrow. You think about when someone grants you forgiveness. Just the other night I was sharing this, here I go again, but uh, I had lost my patience with one of my kids and I had to go in there and say, I'm sorry, uh, your dad uh, was a fool again. And um, they, they said, forgive you, dad. And I remember just being like, you're a fool for forgiveness. No, um, but I was, Lord, it reminded me, Lord, help me to just be more like you. Uh, I'm so glad that they have a heavenly, perfect father uh, that I could point them to. Uh, but there I was, I was realizing that man, I, I, had, I have hurt, there was a sorrow that came, and when they had forgiven me, and many times I look back, people have forgiven me, I'm glad that I could let go of that, that thing, that, that, that offense that I had offended somebody with. Uh, and you know what? I got to let go. That person still had to live with it. Uh, Genesis 45, look at verse number 5 here. It says this, Now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. Uh, go, over to, go over to chapter, um, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but go over, to cha- go over to chapter 50, Genesis chapter 50. Not only does true forgiveness resist uh, unnecessary embarrassment, true forgiveness relieves people of an unhealthy sorrow, but number three, and we'll be done here in just a moment, true forgiveness continually releases our offender from their obligation to us. Uh, forgiveness is not just a one-time thing. Uh, forgiveness is a, is a, is a lifestyle. Uh, right here in verse uh, 19 and 21 of Genesis 50, uh, you've, you've heard these verses before. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for I for am I in the place of God, verse 20, but as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass, as is this day, to save much people alive. Uh, so years after Joseph's initial confrontation with his brothers in Egypt, he had to, he had to face this issue of forgiveness again. Maybe, the Bible's not clear on this, but I believe that we can uh, take application here that Joseph probably had forgiven him, forgiven them, but then when he saw them again, I'm sure he was, with all the emotions rushing through of everything that, that he missed out on, uh, missing out with fellowship with his own father and all that he missed out on for those years. But he looked at it at the grand scheme of things and the eternal picture that God had and says, hey, you meant evil, but God meant it for good. And he saw that God still used it, uh, although it was not good for him to go through. He didn't enjoy it uh, nonetheless, but he saw how God brought great victory through that. 
Uh, when their father, um, Jacob, died later, Joseph's brothers immediately began to worry. And that's when we find here, and they says, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not in the place of God. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And so I want to just challenge you tonight, church family. Forgiveness isn't just a one-time action of the heart, but it's a continual choice of our will. And that's the message tonight. It's my choice to forgive. It's up to you to forgive those that have wronged you. Uh, forgiveness is surrendering the right to hurt you uh, for hurting me. Um, man, vengeance, I want to get back at them, but I need to forgive them. I'm not going to hurt them for hurting me. Joseph knew what it was to spend time in a physical prison, so he was determined not to spend time in that emotional one. He chose to release his brothers permanently, knowing that in the process he was also releasing himself. He never wanted to go back to either jail again, that physical or that emotional one again. So I want to challenge you, church family, let's settle in our hearts forever that forgiveness is not just a choice, it's a lifestyle. And we as Christians ought to be uh, the most forgiving ones, not to condone uh, what is going on around us. Uh, we have the truth, and sometimes sometimes things don't really make sense, uh, don't make sense a lot of times, but at the same time, it's like we just need to keep trusting our Lord as we sing tonight. And I want to just challenge you tonight. Maybe somebody has wronged you, and you need to forgive, but maybe somebody uh, you have wronged, you need to ask for that, that forgiveness too. And that doesn't always come, but uh, to have that good conscience that you have realized, I've wronged somebody, I'm sorry, I was wrong, I'm going to swallow my pride, I'm going to ask for your forgiveness.